Welcome to the Connect with County Leaders podcast, a monthly opportunity to meet and connect with Fairfax County leaders, to learn about the latest county news and information, and hear more on specific Fairfax County programs and services. Now here's your host, Jim Person, with this month's guest. Well, hello and welcome to Connect with County Leaders. On today's show, we're joined by Fairfax County Executive Brian Hill. And we're going to talk about uh, the, of course, ongoing coronavirus response and progress since Mr. Hill's last appearance in July, back on uh, July 8th, actually. But we have uh, some other, you know, related topics and things we'll discuss that all kind of seems to evolve around coronavirus. Mr. Hill, welcome back to the podcast, sir. Hey, Jim, thanks so much for having me. Hope all is well with you and your family. Uh, we're doing very well. We're hanging in there through the coronavirus. You know, I was going to uh, say it seems like a lot has changed since we last talked, but then it doesn't. It does. It seems like nothing has changed. I mean, it's kind of, you know, a lot of things changing in some areas, but we're still in the midst of this pandemic. Yeah, Jim, you're absolutely correct. Uh, what, I, what I'm seeing is a lot of folks that are working very, very hard, diligently working, and are getting very tired. So I'm going to start mm -hmm. this podcast by saying please take some vacation time for the folks that have not been able to. Um, we need people that are rested. And this COVID uh, coronavirus pandemic has not allowed us to, to, to rest and recharge batteries. So uh, I, I'm hopeful that uh, everybody's taking a mental health break, a uh, physical health break, as well as, you know, taking some time out with their families. So uh, right. that's the most important thing is being stuck in your home uh, because we don't have a centralized way of dealing with COVID. So a centralized way, meaning uh, our, our federal government allows the states to do whatever the states want to do. Um, this is why we see outbreaks, and this is why we're banned from going to so many countries. It's it's really problematic. Um, I mm -hmm. think within Fairfax County, yeah, we have a positive positivity test rate that's around five, which is probably one of the lowest in the Commonwealth. But it still tells you that we have a lot of work to do. And you know, the the boxing in strategy strategy of Dr. Gloria has worked pretty well, but we need to do more. Uh, our problem is we have a lot of people coming into Fairfax County. And that's where the dilemma has, because in another county, they do it differently than what we're doing here in Fairfax. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a troubling time in the United States of America, and hopefully uh, we can get a national strategy so we can knock this thing out at some point. Mm -hmm. You just said we, we need to do more. What, what does that mean? Does that mean just continuing doing what has been done? Or are there other things county leadership is looking at doing? Well, again, I go back to a national strategy. You know, uh, our county leadership has done the best we can do with what we are able to do. We cannot shut down. We cannot build a wall around Fairfax. If we could, Dr. Gloria probably would have done that on <laughs> March 18th. Uh, but we, we have to have a national strategy, and right now we do not. Uh, we have a Fairfax strategy, and that's why our numbers are at 5%. I don't think 5% is a great number, but it is better than many, many jurisdictions around us. Uh, Northern Virginia is holding pretty steady. Uh, if you look to the left of us, going towards Roanoke, Lynchburg, high positivity rate. You look to the right of us, if you don't believe you can go to the right, but on the eastern shore and down in Hampton Roads, high positivity test rate. Uh, but what does that mean? It means you testing. are you testing more? Or do you have more outbreaks? We have uh, community contact tracers, uh, 
260 plus people on the ground looking for and and trying to figure out where COVID could be looming. So, you know, when you say do more, people need to wash their hands. People mm. need to wear their masks. People need to have the due diligence not to be in large meeting spaces and gatherings. Uh, all these rave, rave parties or rave parties, I'm kind of old. I don't know what kind of party that is, <laughs> but it's a party. Uh, we just can't be doing that at this juncture. And it permeates throughout the United States. You know, these social and physical distancing guidelines by the CDC are put out there, but they're not really enforced because the governors have their local jurisdictions. The governors have the ability to to say yay or nay. Our governor's done a pretty good job, but we can do a lot more, as I said. Mm-hmm. You mentioned um, early on, you know, <laughs> taking vacation, taking time off if, if you're able to, um, you know, for extroverts, you know, they, they re-energize by being around people. And with, you know, the teleworking and the social distancing and those kind of things, it, it, it's more fatiguing. Um, as this, I was going to say drags on, but as this continues to, to move on, that fatigue factor is is real in so many different ways, and we need to kind of not be become complacent, if you will. And and you just stressed, you know, the hand washing, the social distancing, the wearing the mask. I don't think we can we can say that enough or stress that enough. The importance of doing those steps. You really can't. Um, this is a pandemic. It's top to bottom. It's zero to death. Um, in age. So we, we need to be all consistently doing the same thing. And, you know, the beginning report stated that children under five weren't sus- susceptible to this. That's been debunked. Uh, 19 down has low positive, uh, low, low issues. That's been debunked. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. can get COVID, period. Right. So we need to be more diligent in what we do and know as, as parents, as a parent, you know, I'm sending two kids off to school because... They have to go back to college. Actually, I have three in college. What am I thinking about? Um, <laughs> so, uh, I've, you know, I've spoken to them about social distancing, physical distancing, um, no more than five minutes in one spot. Uh, I believe my son at Virginia Tech has six classes. Four of them are online. And my kid at UVA has five classes. Three are online. And mm-hmm. my kid at Wingate, all of his classes are online, which is pretty good. So, that's right. what we have to do. We have, this is a new abnormal normal. So if you think it's going to be the way it was two years ago, if you think you can get back to that, you're always going to have this mask with you. Mm. Get used to it. So if mm. you want to keep the mask on and not change the way we do business, we'll, we will shut down again. But you got to keep the mask on and change the way we do business. And I, I'm hopeful that uh, we don't have a, an outbreak because, you know, cold and flu season's coming pretty soon. Right. We are in phase three, uh, <clears throat> Forward Virginia, the plan, Fairfax County's plan is called Fairfax Ford, but phase three of the Forward Virginia plan, which to my knowledge doesn't have a phase four or they haven't announced anything. We've been in phase three for, for quite a while since the last time we talked. How How have county operations changed? What's are, are more things opening up? Uh, and I, I want to make sure I preface this so, so you don't get mad at me. Fairfax County government never closed. There were certain buildings that have, may have been closed to the public, that type of thing. But what kind of operational changes have we seen since the last time you and I talked back in July? 
Uh, we haven't really seen many operational changes. We have seen um, some hours increase in the Department of Tax Administration and Land Development Services. Um, but we haven't seen many changes. Um, again, our goal was to continuously provide services to our community, our residents, to ensure our staff continue to have a, a, a workplace that's safe. Uh, those changes have happened. We have a safer workplace. We have uh, increased the, the amount of PPE throughout our county, um, a buildings, as well as putting up face coverings and guards around the county operations uh, to keep physical and social distancing. I mean, we're doing it per uh, CDC guidelines as well as per health department guidelines. Dr. Gloria has done a great job. Uh, Dr. Ben Schwartz has done a great job in educating us. We've had Camp Fairfax, you know. Um, I have to say, um, we have virtual schools coming on, um, but we do have a, a population that still needs to have folks who are able to go to work. So we, we, we stood up Camp Fairfax. Um, we've had, I think, one COVID or two COVID cases of individuals coming in. We took their temperatures. We asked questions. We sent them back home. We did our contact tracing, and we did not shut down. We did not have to close a bubble. We did not have to... Uh, do the things that are happening throughout the country and our community when it comes to COVID because we have, have a really religious boxing and strategy. Uh, we've had a, a few employees come down with COVID. You know, um, Luckily, we have had no deaths in the county uh, from county employees. So I'm, I'm very, very happy um, that we have continued to provide service, but we provide it in the safest possible way. And mm-hmm. again, you know, my my goal is to ensure that all the county employees continue to work, have safe, have a safe work environment, provide services to our community. Again, uh, Camp Fairfax was to start um, coming this fall. We're going to have a, a school resource center that's going to uh, look at kids who need help with the virtual learning component of uh, Fairfax County Public Schools. Uh, we're going to have about 2,000 to 2,500 openings for that. Uh, we're going to use a one Fairfax lens, and we're going to push forward. I've talked to most, if not all, of the board about this and the way we're going to go about it. Uh, we had a lot of skepticism about Camp Fairfax. Uh, knock on wood, it's been a great experience. Uh, those employees have done a great job, and we're going to expand it now that we have to deal with virtual schools, which, um, in my view, um, could have been done a little differently. Uh, again, I told the superintendent, uh, here's an option for you. Just have a virtual high school, uh, incoming freshmen, go to school two or three days a week, but then you have 50,000 seats open, and then you can spread out because K through 5 or K through 6 are the most important, and we cannot lose those young people. But, you know, creativity is something that we do here in the county. We're, we're, we're uh, trying to pivot and be spry, and as Chairman McKay has said, it's not the decision you make is the decision you make after the decision you make that he looks at, and that's the pivot. And we hmm. are pivoting on a dime, and that's something to say about a county organization this large, this spry, and through his leadership and the leadership of the Board of Supervisors, it makes my job a lot easier if they allow us to be us. All right, a couple of things. You you mentioned schools, and that was where I was going to go next, so we'll get there in a minute, but I do want to uh, just say, Dr. Gloria, for those who may I be do, listening and not I know. I am Sue. 
right? Dr. Gloria Ayensu, director of uh, Fairfax County's wrong, uh, health department. Uh, so, uh, yeah, her, <laughs> she and her, her team have been doing a great job. You, you mentioned schools, great transition. I was going <laughs> to first ask, Fairfax County Public Schools and Fairfax County Government, for those that may not know, are two separate organizations, but there are many decisions that one organization makes that, you know, does affect others. For instance, some county organizations, programming and services, schedules of operations are affected by schools operating status, you know, especially during inclement weather and those type of things. You mentioned working together kind of trying to make decisions together so that each organization is not impacted, you know, as bad with a with a, a decision made in a bubble, if you will, uh, not how it's affecting others. How is decision making with the schools and county government going forward? And, and, and kind of, you mentioned the, uh, the school resource center, we'll get to that in a minute, but the decision making process and this collaboration, how are we going forward that during the pandemic? You know, Jim, uh, that's a really good question. Um, Joe Mondoro and I have a weekly call with uh, Superintendent Scott Braybrand, Chief Operating Officer um, Marty Smith. Um, we talk about a lot of things. Um, I have a propensity to be the extrovert, and I take and characterize what we talk about, and I make sure our board is up to date with what um, we're discussing. And we've done a very good job of doing that. Um, I'm, I'm asking the superintendent as well as the COO to start doing that as well, because if we all work within a vacuum, nothing gets, nothing gets done. And it's always a, uh, a situation where one person is pointing the finger at another. Uh, we've been very fortunate um, thus far where we, we were able to work through many of the situations um, that uh, come about. And I want to tell everybody on this podcast, you know, I, I thought my job was, was very difficult, and I still do think it's, I still think it's very difficult. The one person I wouldn't want to be in Fairfax County right now is the superintendent because of all of the moving pieces that he has to deal with. But I do believe there are approaches that make it a safer return to school. I do believe there are approaches that allow for the, the under. The, the, the most vulnerable and the, and the folks in the islands of disadvantage that we have identified through Carla Bruce's office, who's our chief equity officer. I do believe there are opportunities for us to move the needle, to move the needle in a good way. Uh, we just have to take some chances at times. And uh, I'm not saying we should not be risk averse, but at sometimes we should be risk averse. Um, this is something that's new. This is an opportunity for us to all change and be better and do things differently. And, uh, you know, I, I'm the type of person that when I can see the forest, see the forest and then see through it to the end, I'm going to take that opportunity to see how we can get there. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you, again, you mentioned the School Resource Center earlier. Is that an example of uh, what the county is doing to support the school system and school children or their uh, there are other examples or, you know, kind of a two-part question, I guess, really. Well, yeah, what, Jim. What, I, I, what and how? What yeah, and how? Yeah, I, I, I will say it like this. The school resource uh, learning center that we are trying to stand up is not to support the schools. It's more to support our community. 
I mean, my my focus is a three focus approach. I, I I look at the community, I look at the business, and then I look at the schools. And I look and 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 all within all of that are the staff that are that are Fairfax County government. So, you know, my approach is a little different than say the superintendent or a business or the community. I when I make a decision or when I decide to go forward or when we decide to go forward, it's all about those three component pieces trying to fit in as nicely as possible. Because if you adversely affect one, you might be adversely affecting others. And you need to understand the decisions you make that may affect others. So when we say school and online support, it, to me, it's a school resource, resource learning center that allows for us to uplift the children that are not able to do the online learning at home. Because we do have islands of disadvantage throughout this county. Right. I think most every school system in the region is is doing all virtual to start with. I I think I heard on the news recently there was one school district somewhere, but not in our immediate area that yeah. was having a combination. Han- um, Hanover is all online, which is down um, past Richmond, and I believe Charlottesville. Sorry, Hanover is all in person, and I believe Charlottesville's in person K through five. Mm-hmm. That brings a, you know, problem or a challenge for not only county employees, but other employees with child care and, and other concerns as schools have gone virtual and yet businesses are, you know, slowly opening back up, people getting back to work, having to go to the workplace, specifically for county employees with child care concerns and other things that uh, they're they're facing as they're coming back into the office and have kids that are staying at home. Is there a message for them? Well, yeah, we we're going to continue doing the telework um, provisions, and I'm, I've I've had a senior management meeting, which is fascinating. I've I had to run a a meeting with about sixty people on the on the virtual, and it went quite well. We're we're going to do another one uh, the end of this month or beginning of next month. But again, you have to work with your supervisors and your directors on how we can work from, from home or if you come back into the office. If you come back into the office, you can have flex schedules. Um, I, I'm here Saturday and Sundays, and it's just as busy on the Saturdays and Sundays as it is on Monday through Friday because mm-hmm. the individuals that are working off hours are back here in the office. And it's been, it's, you know, my, my goal is is certainly to ensure that we continue providing the service, but to give you the flexibility and when the service can be provided. And if we can continue to move forward the way we are, we're in a good place because we're able to move and adapt. But if it's set schedule, you have to be here at 8 o'clock and you have to stay till 5, I know that's impossible during this pandemic. And if anybody on the call on, on this podcast is listening, and their supervisors are saying mandating it, that is something that we can't do. Obviously, we do have uh, public safety and uh, some in public works that have shift work. Right. So I have to work around that a little bit. But for the most part, if you're able to telecommute and you have childcare concerns, now I'm leaving it up to you to work with your supervisor to see how you can make this work. Mm-hmm. Is... I don't want to put words in your mouth. <clears throat> I was going to say, is is this flexibility, is this teleworking and still getting the job done? Is that something you're you're most proud of? But again, I won't put words in your mouth. What what are you feeling like are, if we can look at this 
dark time, what are positive things that the county has done in, in your mind that, that have helped us through this so far? Well, from an internal standpoint, I think our communication has been enhanced. Um, dealing mm-hmm. and talking with people more now than ever before to make sure that we make decisions don't adversely affect others. Um, standing up new agencies, standing up new processes, uh, being able to pivot when the schools do something or when business does something, being able to quick, quick, quickly react to that, uh, that that makes me most proud because it tells us that we have an engaged workforce who is trying to continue to be the premier community that we are. And our board of supervisors, uh, they've given us a, lo- a lot of free reign to figure out how to make this work. And uh, I, I have to say, and I was speaking to a uh, supervisor last evening, uh, they're very proud of what we've done and how we've done it, uh, mm-hmm. standing up uh, community health resources uh, um business with rise i mean we've done some things that other counties wish they could do and mm. you know the nonprofit stand-ups um shelters for the homeless all during a pandemic you know and joe mondoro our cfo and christina jackson our budget director are going to be putting out a package pretty soon and you can see that we have some flexibility going into the first quarter of this year because that's when we're going to need it by the things that we did last year or last fiscal year. You're talking about budgeting flexibility. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, you know, you asked me what am I most proud of. I got a lot of things I can talk about. Right. Um, I'm, I'm proud that the, most, the, the one thing I'm most proud of is that I am a Fairfax County government employee. Hmm. Awesome. Well, I know I'm proud, too. <laughs> um, you mentioned Dr. Gloria at Ayunso earlier, the health department. I did want to make sure we had a little bit of time to talk about contact tracing. I know Fairfax County Health Department and the county has, I think, done a pretty good job of letting folks know about the contact tracing program. And you mentioned earlier 260 plus tracers on the ground, you know, investigating uh, active co- uh, cases of COVID and that type of thing. Um, health departments currently training, adding even more contact tracers. Why? Why is contact tracing so important? Can you can you address that for a minute? Oh, absolutely. Um, a couple reasons. Um, one is if we do have a potential case, we want to know who they uh, dealt with or who they were around, so you can contact trace to ensure that you can box in the spread. But secondly, it's 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 a uh, in my view, it's a community wide accomplishment to have people looking for and trying to remove this disease or this virus from our community. When you, you know, the governor said safer Virginia, we're going to have up to 400 contact tracers when we're done because we want to make it a safer Fairfax County. We want people to enjoy Fairfax County, but we can't do it until we are able to box in and eradicate this Disease, And I think I go back to the saying, if you listen to Dr. Gloria and what she's been saying over the over the last 200 days, can you believe it's been that long? Yeah. Right. That we have a significant problem nationally. All the other countries around us don't have or have declining case counts and we are still soaring. And again, it's all about our strategy and we have none. We do in Fairfax, but we don't have a strategy nationwide. 
And I really think it's it's up it's it's time for our governors to collectively get together and talk about what works and what doesn't work so we can have a strategy that's similar throughout so we can get rid of this. Because it's the only way it's going to work is if we all doing the same thing. And you alluded to it earlier, uh, Dr. Gloria would put up a fence around Fairfax County, but you know, with open borders, everyone's traveling here and there, and it's it's really hard to enforce if people are in a COVID infested area and then come to Fairfax and then make contact with a bunch of people and <clears throat> then go back home. So a lot, a lot of work on the healthcare professionals. Oh, it's a lot of work on public health, more than people know. And, you know, I was talking with our new um, president from George Mason, Gregory Washington, Dr. Gregory Washington. And, uh, you know, we're having dialogue about August 14th. That's when 35,000 kids might be on George Mason's campus, depending on how they break out with online versus um, in-person instruction. Mm-hmm. So, right. the, you know, the potential's there. We're, we're going to have a lot of people coming in from various different places because, you know, George Mason is not only a, a, a school that has on-campus living, but it's also a commuter school. Right. And a lot of uh, international population of students as well. So, oh, yeah. absolutely. And I do want to wish uh, Dr. Washington all the best in his, his uh, presidency at George Mason's. Really great guy. Uh, met with him twice. Talked to him on the phone. It's awesome. It's awesome to have good partnerships. I had a decent—I no, I shouldn't say decent. I had a great relationship with Angel Cabrera, who is now at Georgia Tech. Uh, now Dr. Washington's here, and I'm, I'm starting to burgeon that—, that that relationship as well. So it's it's always right. it's always good to have people that really are working towards being a better Fairfax and a better Fairfax County. Right. A a non-COVID question, but I want to make sure we get this uh, get this in before we run out of time. Some actually some good news. We're talking about census twenty twenty. Uh, Fairfax County actually has a census response rate. I think that's over like 77%, one of the top response rates in Virginia. Um, but there's still time for folks to, to get their census in. I think sometime in October, I want to say October 15th, I believe is the deadline. That's correct. Why, why, why are we talking census? Why is it so important to, for folks to remember about the census? Well, you know, it's all predicated on numbers and federal funding and being able to provide our community uh, with what they deserve. If, if our population is 1 million and we only have 500,000 uh, people responding, uh, we then lose out on a lot of uh, federal funding. Um, luckily for us, if our population is 1 million, which is not as 1.2, but I'm doing this for easy math, and you right. said 74%, I believe, have responded, or 77%? 77, yeah. So, you know, the way I look at life, we're 230,000 away from being 100%. Um, so that's 23 cents off of a dollar. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, ironically, that's about what we get from the state um, when we send a dollar down to Richmond. So let's bump this up a bit. Let's go out. We still can do it online. We can uh, do it by paper. Uh, you can. You, we have people coming to doors to, to to knock on doors. So let's 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 bump it up. If you know people that haven't done the census, tell them let's do it. And they, of course, can find more information about how to complete the census, as you said, uh, online. Fill out their paper form, which they they got several months ago. Uh, can actually call a telephone number, I think, and and complete it that way. But you can find more. Uh, information if you go to fairfaxcounty.gov and just search census and you'll find all the details there. 
uh, as you mentioned, enumerators are starting to head out. So if folks are seeing census enumerators or census takers coming to your door, they will be credentialed and have an official badge and, and that type of thing. So you can uh, know that they are um, official. But one thing I think is important to uh, make sure we address, Mr. Hill, is that these census information is not personally identifiable. It's into an overall number abstract. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, okay. um, you know, the, 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 the follow-up on the phone, just so you know, it's less than seven minutes. So it's, wow. it's not a long time. Once you submit, they're going to call you, and it takes less than seven minutes to validate the number. Cool. All right. Well, again, the importance of talking to that census enumerator, but going back to an earlier part of the podcast, the contact tracers with the health department, if you receive a call from a contact tracer, so important for you to answer that call and to actually talk to the person and provide information. And I know the uh, state of Virginia just came out with a new app, COVID-wise, that, uh, that also folks may want to uh, take a look at and uh, download and, and help stop the spread, box it in, as you say. Finally, before we wrap up, I want to, you mentioned three different kind of lenses or communities that you kind of look through, the community, the business, and then schools and staff. I want to give you the opportunity to give a message to each one of those different populations. So first of all, Fairfax County residents, the community at large, what would your message be to them? What would you say to them as we're you know, going through this uh, coronavirus fatigue right now. <laughs> it definitely is a fatigue, but, you know, stay the course. Uh, Fairfax County government is here to help serve and protect all residents of Fairfax County. The Board of Supervisors, the great staff of Fairfax County are, are indebted to you all during this time. If you need us, we are here. We are going to step out and do the best service that we can possibly do during these hard times. So if you need us, uh, please, please, please give us a call or come in, come into DTA or whatever you can do. But if you can do it from a distance, that's even better because obviously we have not uh, gotten to a vaccine for, for COVID. But again, we are here to aim, we're here to serve, and we're here to protect. And that's what our job and our focus and our mission is. Right. Any, anything other than that for the business community? I know a lot of uh, you know business concerns out there as things slowly reopen and maybe have to go back and that type of thing. Any any comments or, or uh, anything for the business community? Well, the business community has been a great advocate of what we've been doing. We've done the Rise program, and we've done a, gr a grant, uh, sorry, a loan program. Um, when I walk around and somebody notices me, they just look over and say, "I don't know how you guys did that, but that saved our business," and I really appreciate that. Um, wow. I've spoken to many business uh, communities, uh, small, I'm sorry, business companies, small and large. Uh, as you know, Victor Hoskins and I talk to the, the Fortune 500s, but yet I walk around and talk to the mom and pop shops as well. Uh, Rebecca Maldry and the Department of Economic Initiatives has done a great job in reaching out, as well as Rachel Flynn, who's a deputy county executive of uh, community development. You know, it's about being different and about doing things a different way and seeing what works. And if it does work during this time, make it go, do it quickly. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. But then being able to pivot because the, tomorrow's never promised and it's a change. So people don't realize that 93% of the businesses in Fairfax County have 10 or less people. Wow. 
those are the bread and butter, the lifeblood of this community, this county. And if we don't support and stand up those individuals, our tax base erodes and then our services erode and our community erodes. So we understand that our business is, mo- is, is one of the focal points of how we do Fairfax County, how we make Fairfax County better. Um, before I let you give a message to the staff, I'll, I'll kind of break out the schools and, and, and what's going on in the schools, parents, school children, anything like that. Any, I know we talked a lot about the schools earlier. Any, any final message for uh, anyone involved with schools, i.e. parents and kids, that type of thing? Hey, communication is key. We got a lot of things coming down the pike. The superintendent is, is, is trying his best to communicate as effectively and efficiently as possible. Uh, we are working with his team to to bring things out. I mean, we have computer um, pickups for their the laptops that they have going out, so the kids can do the virtual learning. Uh, you know, as I said, we just completed Camp Fairfax for a certain a segmented population of our community. Uh, we're going to continue on with a return to school and online learning. We're going to do a school resource center. So, you know, we're working towards ensuring that our kids and our children here in this community continue to learn and become better, better people, as well as become adults in this community that can carry us into the next millennium. Right. And as you and I have talked on previous podcasts, I know a lot of county employees listen to this podcast. So uh, let you uh, have any specific message uh, for for county staff or county employees. Hey, guys, if you're tired, please take a vacation. Go away somewhere. And when I say go away somewhere, that's probably <laughs> retreating back to your house and just put down the <laughs> put down the tablet and whatever. Uh, but know that I really appreciate all the hard work you've been putting out um, from top to bottom. We've done a bang up job thus far, but you know the air, the 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 end is not near, but it is in sight. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a vaccine at some point so we can get back to somewhat normal. But as I say, uh, just continuously wash your hands, keep social distancing, physical distancing. Uh, wear your face guards. Um, be healthy. Go out and work out because those are the things that can keep your mental health in a good place. Uh, staying at home all day is is tough. Um, yeah. You know, I got an 83-year-old mom, and I'm trying to force her out, and she does not want to come outside. So oh, I boy. carry her down the stairs, man. That's why my <laughs> back's hurting today. So love you, Mom. Get your workout. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Mr. Hill. Thank you so much for being with us. If you Need to get more information about uh, what's going on in uh, Fairfax County with COVID-19, you can go to fairfaxcounty.gov slash COVID-19. Our web portal there will link you to lots more information. Again, Mr. Hill, thanks for uh, being with us, and thanks to you for listening to this edition of Connect with County Leaders with County Executive Brian Hill. Jim, I just want to say really quickly before we close out, I want to provide uh, well wishes to uh, Supervisor Walter Alcorn. Hunter Mill District. Uh, he has been out, but he's getting stronger and he's ready to go. He's rearing to go in September. So I just wanted to wish him a, a continued recovery. And uh, thanks again for all you do, Jim. All right. My apologies for not giving you the final word, sir. Thanks again. This has been the Connect with County Leaders podcast. To listen to other great Fairfax County podcasts, visit fairfaxcounty.gov podcasts. And for additional audio content, tune in to Fairfax County Government Radio at fairfaxcounty.gov radio. For more Fairfax County news and event information, visit News Center online at fairfaxcounty.gov news. You also may call 703-Fairfax. That's 
7329, weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m., or email publicaffairs at fairfaxcounty.gov. The Connect with County Leaders podcast is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia Government.